for psalms and hymns and spiritual songs that your people have sung and lifted and spoken and embraced that lead us into your presence, that recall your goodness, grace, and glory, and that recall our need. And so as we begin our Lenten journey again, O oh God, speak to us. Speak to each of us individually in our homes as a church family, that we might draw close to the Savior, we might draw near to the cross. And so, Father, as we gather around the word now, we ask that you would speak with clearness. Give us ears to hear eyes that see, and hearts that understand, as we pray through Christ our Lord. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Pastor John, you want to join me up here? Yes, indeed. All right. Told John about this two-chair thing that we do, and uh, it's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> I've known about Don's whiteboarding skills for, That's right. for a while now. Oh, my goodness. So John is, uh, the, the term is the general presbyter, kind of like the head guy at the presbytery, right? Yes. Yeah. So the, the way I say it, you just framed it, right? Much like a yeah. bishop with like our Episcopal, Methodist, Lutheran, Friends, denominations. Major differences um, that I don't really have any power, right? So I, <laughs> I can't tell people what to do. Um, the, the, the more devastating difference to me is I don't get anything cool to wear, yeah. right? No special hat or cape or ring or, or special big, big chair when I come to right. visit you. The, you the know. throne. Yes, yes. Uh, I got to know John, um, I think I, we had met somewhere along the way, but I was on John's search committee. Um, which was probably going on, golly, in the three and a half, four years ago now, whatever it was, you've yeah, three years ago. been on board yeah. three-ish years almost, so, um, so it was a delight to get you know in that context, uh, and as I said uh, back then and continue, God raised you up for this moment, for a pandemic moment, we didn't have that in our questions, right? How will you lead a presbytery <laughs> in a time of pandemic? Um, I'm just going to read your bio from the, uh, the presbytery website. John holds a bachelor's degree in communications from Sterling College, and bonus points if anybody knows where Sterling College is, besides John and I, right? Uh, where he was a scholarship student in both music and athletics, all right. He has a Master's of Divinity from Princeton Theological Seminary, won the Gerald R. Johnson Awards in Speech, Communication, and Ministry Award in Preaching and Communications. In 2017, John completed a certificate in Advanced Executive Leadership, which is good because that's the role that you are in. So we welcome you. Uh, we're glad you're here. Uh, we're brothers in Christ. We're fellow athletes. Uh, played. Sterling is in Kansas, by the way, just <laughs> up the road from the church where I was ordained. And so we're a few years apart. So John wasn't there when <laughs> I was there. I'll just, just you know, to, to spell that out. Um, but we have this uh, connection uh, through Christ, uh, through our presbytery. Uh, it's fun to, uh, to enjoy sports together. And that Kansas connection is one yes. to always enjoy. So uh, we're going to read from Ephesians chapter 5. If you want to pull out the blue Bible. John, we didn't give you one. You, you want one? You'll just listen. Okay. Uh, we're going to start on page 18. 19, you recall we left off last week, waking up, O sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Um, we're going to pick up in verse 15, and then we're going to get to that second page, uh, down through verse 21. Paul writes this, be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise. 
making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. And we're going to read verse 21 also. Submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. So Lord, guide us through your word. Uh, We have been studying Ephesians since last September. So just after Labor Day is when we uh, we cracked open the book in chapter 1 and um, chose the book on purpose. Um, It is a book, as we were sharing before the service, that's set in this context where there is some division, division within society, as it were, and certainly division and challenge in the church. Um, everything going on in our world, uh, our society, and so we talk about the polarization, the division, um, there's a lot of anger and uproar uh, that's going on, so you've got the political reality, you've got the pandemic reality, you know, masks, no masks, vax, no mask, and so all kinds of things happening. Um, you know, our society shaped... Uh, by divisions and struggles over race and class, um, human sexuality, all of these things. And so the thought was, let's come Mm. and listen to an old, old voice who speaks with wisdom about how to be one in the midst of uh, all of the divisions. And so Paul writes here uh, about being careful how you live, not as unwise, but is wise, making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. So question to, uh, to raise to you. I mean, this could have been written yesterday. Yeah, absolutely. Isn't it crazy? The, the, the power of God's word to continue to, to, to speak um, with freshness. So just in your work, you've got 103 local churches that you have some shepherding uh, role with. And yet you're engaged in the broader church, not just the broader denomination, but I think even beyond, right? Mm-hmm. And you are a ecumenical household right (laughs) with your wife as an an episcopal priest and so just john in in your work in local churches broader church where are you seeing wisdom how people Mm -hmm. are living wisely and creatively and making the most of opportunity in these challenging days yeah so i the the pandemic allowed so many churches to to try that out right Mm -hmm. we we were forced to free ourselves from the space you all came up with this very creative and engaging way Don says somebody no longer falls asleep out there. I hope that person's not here Nobody today. Nobody will fall Nobody asleep today, asleep. right? So churches, because of circumstance of the pandemic, had to adapt, right? They had to find out something to be creative, uh, things that didn't work. They tried picking up things that really stuck. And even though we've come back in person, we've now found ways to use things that we were forced to think of creatively because of circumstance. So I believe that... And it, first of all, in this press release, yes, we have 103 churches. We're one of the only presbyteries around the country that hasn't had to close a church mm. during the pandemic because of resources or connection yeah. or any of that. Um, so I, I believe that the Spirit has been working in these congregations to find a way to, to still be the church. Yep. We have these, uh, this is, we're now at two years. Yeah. Almost to the two, date, right? That's right. Next week, I think it yes. is, right? <laughs> that the conversations two years ago were, 
how is this going to work out, right? Yeah. What's, what, what, what are two Sundays off was a big, terrifying <laughs> moment for everybody of how are we going to continue this if we take two Sundays of not coming to church? How are we going to, and, and it's crazy to think that that's what we were thinking about two years ago, but to watch these churches mm. really listen to, one, the Spirit, and what their congregations were asking about how did they want to continue to be a congregation, yeah. even though they couldn't come together and do the things that they've always done. And it's been an explosive two years, you know, given the reality, you know, George Floyd's death just unleashed, a, you know, the pandemic probably worked with that. You know, everybody's locked up and then yeah. all of a sudden, boom. and so there has been this in our society as well. I mean, this clear sense of the the days are evil, that there's just tension and anger and frustration, and yet churches um, are hanging in, right? <laughs> and that's the thing that has been fun to watch. Yeah, and, the, and, and also to, to watch that people, I'm assuming there's folks gathered online somewhere, right? Yeah, yeah. That the overwhelming majority of our churches have people who are connecting now from Nebraska and Iowa and Taiwan and name that's it. That's right. Because when church is at its best, it is a place where people can come together to be community. I'm wrestling with a, a question or an issue or a tense point between someone in my space of work. There's no other place in our society that allows people to come together and to look at those differences, those challenges through, through, through a lens of faith. Um, and pre-pandemic, right, and we, what we would have done was we do a forum like this, right? We come together on a Sunday morning. The pandemic has allowed more opportunity to yeah. jump in on a call during, during a lunch break, right? Correct. And we're gonna do a prayer meeting and I don't have to drive to the, to the church to be able to participate in Bible study. And having people be community to wrestle with the rest of the stuff that they're thinking about throughout the week and yeah. throughout their lives and throughout this country and throughout this world, church always has been the place where we get to really unpack mm, that mm, from a lens mm. of faith and the, the way we've navigated through the pandemic has allowed more churches to do that yeah. more expansively and, and and you know paul he, he goes on and says don't get drunk with wine be filled with the spirit it's an interesting <clears throat> contrast isn't it you know being drunk which leads to debauchery instead be filled with the spirit <clears throat> remember our seminary days we had to write exegesis papers right you know, this was one of my New Testament exegesis passages. And so I did the deep dive on this. And what, was, what I think is going on here, Paul is contrasting this dynamic. There's a human reality when someone has had too much to drink, it is evident to others, is it not? Not that any of you have ever had that happen, but you might have a friend, okay? <clears throat> it, is, it is manifested in speech, it is manifested in relationship and behavior towards others. Sometimes there's, you know, kind of a, an aggressiveness. Contrasted with being under the influence of alcohol, be under the influence of the Holy Spirit. And let that manifest in your speech. And so instead be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with scripture, with psalms, with, with hymns, 
with spiritual songs, singing. And so, so certain kind of speech is uh, manifest when people are under the control of the, of the Holy Spirit and the influence of the Spirit. Um, there is a, a manner in which they relate to one another. And, and so, John, as you are, again, kind of watching the world go on, are you seeing, uh, we, we, maybe to talk some about that, you know, the Spirit birth new ideas, mm-hmm. what's happening across mm-hmm. the denomination, what's happening in your wife's denomination, you know, what are, where are we seeing in contrast to the craziness, because folks are often will medicate, that's one way they try to cope, mm-hmm. <clears throat> but the Holy Spirit offers to us, and, and Christ offers to us another way of being. So what are, where, where are you seeing creative worship? Yeah, yeah. Um, evangelism or service, uh, you know, opportunities that people are taking up? So um, on, on the influence piece, right? So yeah. on the influence of the spirit, when you compare it to influence of alcohol, um, I think Paul, that, that list could go on forever of the other things that can have influence over our lives, yes. right? And be the driver force. And Paul, I think Paul lays out alcohol because it's an easy one. Everyone right. can understand, you, you've seen a drunk person, everyone can understand that one. So Comparing that to what are the other influences in that are not of the spirit in, in our church world right now? So there is a not a not a clear divide, right? Drunkenness isn't a, isn't a, there's not a line, right? Yeah. It's kind of a it's a gray area of when it becomes into drunkenness. So there's not a clear line of churches who have chosen to follow influence of the spirit and churches who have chosen to follow mm-hmm. influence of comfort yeah right this is kind of what we've always done so this last summer when things started loosening up a little more and people felt more comfortable coming back into spaces i did notice a lot of churches who early days of the pandemic were holding on to this really cool creative yeah right which we're trying our hand at different things where we're figuring out how to do the lord's supper over over Zoom, which yeah. the Episcopalian Church never did. Ah. They went two years without, two, a year and a half without, without communion. communion. Yes, wow. something central. They, they didn't exercise that, that creativity. So early days of coming back, a lot of churches that were, it was obvious that they had an influence of the Spirit and, that, and they, were, they were drunken with the Spirit because yes. they were trying new things that they'd never done before. Doors opened back up. A couple of our, a fair amount of our churches reverted right back to uh-huh. 1983 interesting yeah. right of yeah. what feels the most comfortable and yeah. i get it right you 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 want some stability things have been rocky for a long time but and then stayed with that and completely let go yeah. of this the, the creative yes thing. yeah there's this influence spirit so the churches who have held on to that and have grown it um are welcoming members official members on their roles who will never step foot yeah. in that door, yeah. right? Who are doing what you, what, what you do of, of this person's wrote, written a new line to this hymn. Let's, let's bring it in. Yeah. Let's, let's use it for worship. How can we get kids more involved and letting go of some of the things that we thought we were supposed to hold mm-hmm. on to? The pandemic showed us that we didn't really need to. And now we have this, this, this space for more room to move because of how much spiritual influence we now have yeah. inside our churches. The church growth folks that I've been listening or kind of the church observers are saying <clears throat> um, it's never going to go back to the way it was. 
And the churches that want it to go back to the way it was are going to struggle. Good luck. Yes. Yeah, exactly. There is a new reality, and we're maybe not even there yet, the new normal, as it were. But the churches that are willing to adapt uh, and change. We, uh, we've been in a book study for the last, I don't know what, month, month and a half or so uh, on Monday afternoons. And I forget, maybe a couple weeks ago, you were talking about the challenge of the institutional church. Yeah. And... I don't sense you are that one wanting to, you know, be constrained by the institutional church. And if, if, we, if we focus on our denomination, well, the, the large P Presbyterian, right? Yeah. The, the beautiful thing about Presbyterian for me is the line decently and in order. Hopefully you all remember that from your <laughs> wonderful new members classes. That's Sometimes. <laughs> so decently and in order is, is how you can capture what, one of the things of what it means to be Presbyterian. And I have watched, now, only for about 10 years now, now watched churches put the order as the driver and as the engine of yeah. why we're doing something yeah. and you cannot do something lee you cannot do something decently and perfect th th those are all in the water in impossible so honoring the spirit of what that is supposed to mean is like yes we're going to be thoughtful yes we're going to be order and how we do this and make sure that everyone's on board but we're also going to be listening to what we haven't might we might not have thought of before right yeah. or how are we making space for a new idea what the spirit is doing in our churches but to be order and decent about it. so we we have made bonehead decisions as a denomination <laughs> because we tried to force Their it into order. the congregation <laughs> <laughs> because we tried to force it into into an order into yeah. a structure that that wasn't anticipating a pandemic right correct that wasn't anticipating people connecting from taiwan or yeah. all the new things we're thinking of now so how do we build in kind of creativity yeah. and let that be the influencer rather than what has been order is the one that's influencing yeah. us and like well we got to make sure that it that it fits this process and we don't have a policy for it yet so we need to create that first <laughs> well we've lost our chance now um yeah. because we're trying yeah. to shoehorn it into the way we've always done things we presbyterians like policies <laughs> that we do that we do um if if you still have your bibles out the the last phrase you may note is under a different heading it says instructions for christian households and so we'll actually pick up with verse 21 next week uh, as well. But uh, this is a little wonky deep dive, okay? That verse 21 should be connected to what precedes it. And so be filled with the Spirit is the command that Paul is giving. It's the imperative. And then the speaking with one another, the singing, uh, the giving thanks, and submitting. Those are all in the participial uh, form of a word and so the participles are modifying or describing that verb so this is an expression of what it means to be filled with the spirit not just the thanksgiving and the speech but also a submission to one another an honoring of one another and, and as we've stressed uh, each of the weeks in our study it's the jew gentile controversy that the early church is wrestling with they are trying to figure out how um, the Hatfields and McCoys, they know how to fight, right? <laughs> Do they know how to be friends and family? 
And that's the struggle. And so this honoring one another is an influence of the Spirit. That's one sign of being in relationship with Christ. So you somehow have a relationship with your life partner, your wife, who's outside of your denomination. And so you're an ecumenical household. No problems around that. Of course not. Of course not. <laughs> Do you ever have theological conversations? <laughs> uh, daily, yeah. <laughs> and so there is some give and take that happens in the church family. We, we recognize this. So, so where are you seeing pinch points? Uh, I mean, is there pinch points, you know, again, within local churches, the denomination, we have some pinch points, but, but the broader church, where you see yeah. that, where, where are the pinch points, and then where are you seeing folks live into this yeah. kind of reality? Honestly, I, I think the, the pinch points have lessened a fair amount in, mm -hmm. the, past, in the past decade. Um, a lot of that is is generational, mm -hmm. right? So, for, I'm, I'm I'm a millennial for those folks wondering out there that now there's so many of us yeah. in leadership. Yeah. Um, the older the, the the boomer generation is almost out of yep. of, and I I know why those were pinch points for folks of things that we were, I hate to say battling, but battling about 30 years ago. Sure. Those seem like at least the folks in my generation who disagree theologically on a lot of things, we are okay being yeah. in full relationship yeah. with each other. Yeah. We, we got to watch that the trees that whatever camp you decided to be a part of planted yep. 30 years ago, none of them really had a lot of good fruit, yeah. right? So I'm not going to then invest my time and, and energy and resources trying to battle with someone who I disagree with on a fraction yep. of, 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 of the big picture. And I, I, I don't see it as prevalent as it might have been, even, even pre-pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but there are, there are still now new ones that we did not anticipate, right? With masks and vaccines Correct. and uh, political affiliation is now stronger than it has been before. Um, but there seems to be, at least in the church, a more a, a a wider attempt than I had seen before of actually living out what this calling in in the in this book is supposed to be of, of yeah. us being one family drawn together and sharing this all submitting to each other that yes you might see it differently than me but I still believe that Jesus is leading what you for your community what you want to do Correct. and be about in the world I want you to see that for what me and my community are trying to do and be about in the yeah, world. Also. We, were, we were talking, uh, this is maybe three, four weeks ago, in the, the every wind of doctrine that blows around that can, can distract. In, in chapter four, we're reading about that. And it, when it becomes Jesus plus something else, Jesus plus my view on communion. You know, if you and your wife got so positional and polarized, well, you wouldn't be together, you yep. know? So let's come to the table, even if we may disagree exactly, exactly what's happening at the table. Um, and so when it's Jesus plus anything else, um, and so, you know, General Assembly always gives us opportunity to watch and, and to perceive where there are some differences uh, as people debate, you know, the, the various proposals and mm -hmm. amendments mm -hmm. and overtures, and I had the, the, the great joy of being at General Assembly uh, two cycles ago in 2018, the last really live one, you know? One, yeah. So um, watching that. And, and I think there is that spirit, that, that graciousness. Um, and I think, uh, I'm trying to think of the timing of, of your, uh, when did you come to Presbytery? 
I, uh, to this job or to the yeah, Presbyterian? Yeah, the, the Presbyterian jet, uh, went to End serve of pastor. 16. 16, yeah. yeah. So Jeff Crabill and I, I think Jeff was still mm -hmm, living, mm -hmm. uh, but probably not long after that. But Jeff and I were having these conversations across the aisle, as we called it. Can mm -hmm. we talk? And, and two colleagues who differ on a lot, but, but we agree on more. Yeah. <laughs> the centrality of, of Jesus Christ and the sweetness of those, the, the ability to be in, in conversation around that. So, And I think that's what this table ends up being, right? Yes. You know, as we shared with the children, this is even if, you know, uh, one of the children misbehaves, they still come to the table. <laughs> You're part of the, part of the family. And this is the table where all God's people, every race, tribe, language, uh, race, class, gender, you know, we come uh, to the table and find our unity in Christ. Well, uh, thank you for being here today. We're going to sing a song and then we're going to come and uh, lead communion together. All right? Wonderful. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> Let's stand as we sing. It's a communion hymn. <clears throat> and John, it occurs to me, how can we pray for you before we sing this? Just how, what, what are the challenges that you face? How we structure ourselves for a, a, a place of growth. How are we sharing the gospel with wider and higher and broader and deeper and longer um, than Good. we ever have before? Good. Lord, hear our prayer. For our brother John, who has that responsibility and, and carries that mantle and wears that mantle with humility and grace, continue to empower him, watch over his family, work through him uh, with the influence of your spirit, uh, teach him, lead him as he seeks to lead and serve and connect with others, uh, that the, the church may continue to expand and grow according to the heart you've given him. We pray this in Jesus' name and all God's people said, amen. Thank you.